Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
say that hide and seek goes back even further than that. Yep. Adam and Eve were the first to ever play that children's game, hide and seek. And the first one that was ever to have it was God. This is no mere game. The consequences of what we're going to read about today in Genesis 3 is that it is deadly serious. We started last week, we introduced the series that we're going to launch into today, the questions that God asked us. There, there are many questions all in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. I think that uh, someone counted uh, 308 different Thank you. 
we said last week, you know, we're looking at the politics here of just the production because these questions are important. They really give us an understanding from three different places of understanding, understanding of God himself, opening to us the God's heart and what he's thinking. It's an understanding of ourselves what we are thinking, and then it's an understanding of the entire world. That's what we looked at last week, and that's something we said in the presentation this week. We looked at said that last week, and then I even called it. They got the cut today. We still didn't even get the benefit of the day that we did. Now, let's think about this first question. Where are the Christians? In fact, upon this question today, let me also point out that no other statement in all of ancient literature or any other place in which the Bible gives us such a true explanation as to, listen, the origin of sin. Where did sin come from? Not only the origin of sin, but the cosmic vision of this world, why it is our world, and then the shape that it's in, why it is our world built on the, the, the sorrows and suffering and the hardships of people. Whether or not we want the explanation, whether or not we agree with that explanation that the Bible gives us, at the least we want to say the Bible does offer us an explanation. And also let me say this morning, as we get ready to go into this, that it's, it's really easy to miss this question that God asks in Adam and Eve here. Let's admit it when it comes to the guarding chapter of Genesis, we can get lost into other things. We get lost into our questions of biology, It's easy for us to kind of get lost in those things, and I don't want to say that those aren't good questions or illegitimate questions, but I do want to say that they may prove to be more of a diversion for us this morning if we again miss this question that God asks. As a matter of fact, I want you to hear the question they do. I want you to hear the question not just that God asked for Adam and Eve, but perhaps for all of us, I think maybe to each of us, where are you? On the surface, it's a very straightforward question. Where are you? But keep in context this question. This question is asked in the context of disobedience. They did something God had told them not to do. They had been disobedient. It was the first time disobedience had come into creation, particularly into that created order here that God had created in this world. And in particular, to deprive individuals of creation, the incarnation. Not only is there disobedience, there's cover-up. The attempt to cover up, to hide it from God, from His Son, from His Son. There's excuses. The first excuses ever offered in the world's defense. Whether it's her fault, it's His fault, it's Satan's fault. There's blame shifting. sound familiar to many of you. I dare say there's probably not any of us that have not at some point used or employed one of those sort of mechanisms in our lives to hide something. 
Why can't you take some time to question? Well, these things are plain. What it turns out to get is we said the idea of man is searching for God. But the truth is, man is not searching for God. Man is hiding from God. He's trying to do the search. Right here in these opening passages, we discover how surprising God is. You know, it really plays into that narrative that we put in in the series and we talked about things to come. We kept saying over and over from that, we do not have a boring God. Our God does the things that we don't expect God to do. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, uh, your ways, or your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. Are we thinking about 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 29? And God chose that which is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low to despise the despised in the world, even the things that are not to bring nothing to light things that are, so that no human might boast in his presence. God's not boring. God is surprising. If you are God and the one who created the one that you have invested in, and that's so much more than a love so lavish that it has betrayed you and me. But you are going to seek to get it. I dare say that if our human way of thinking is even to say God is not so bad, God may judge us. He may punish us. But that's not the case. God comes seeking. Where are you? The second way it's surprising is that God is not in need of information. said this last week when we said early in teaching. God is connecting you. That's what God is doing. He's seeking to connect with his creatures. We said it. When God asks the question, it's his desire to connect with us. It's our it's his desire that we understand what's going on in his heart and his mind about where we're headed. But it's also connecting with ourselves and connecting with this world that we live in. Adam and Eve God had said in the day that you eat of this fruit, guess what? Things are going to change. You know, it's not going to be a good sermon. It's going to be a punishing one. But by the day that God made the worship, God needed for them to connect to Him. God needed for them to connect to Himself. God needed for them to connect to their world. That they were not going to be living in the world that you and I live in. question isn't really so much of it of a geographical nature. It's not a geographical question. It's a spiritual connection. A spiritual question. God says to you this morning, God wants to connect with you. It's a, it's a surprising question. Number two, it is a sympathetic question. It really is kind. It's really sympathetic. Uh, the fact that uh, it is a question is ipso facto really kind. He could have been strictly and judgmental. He could have just strictly spoke or whatever. But then out of his justice, he 
didn't want the sins of them. They, they, they could have just simply wiped eternity uh, out of existence and could obliterate and abolish them. Indeed, he could have wrapped the whole thing up and just been done with it. But he could have, he could have chalked it up to a, a divine uh, uh, cosmic failure and just, you know, it didn't work out. It's the kind of question that draws them out, not drives them in. He appears in the dark not to stick, to, to chastise, or to poke, or to prod, or to beat. But he comes walking in the dark in the time that they knew that he typically would show up in the cool of the day, in the, in the comfortable moments of what their life has been. And he comes in that from quiet and gentle voice.
maybe somebody today came to that conclusion that you're, you're creating stuff. You know, you know what? I'm ready for you. Yes, it's a big step. Yes, it's a scary step. But guess what? It's an explanation. It's that step of faith. When we respond by faith, your faith is the best that you can do. You know, the other day, we had a child that was born in the world. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.